and we exalt our estimation of our own abilities and intelligence, and we try to order our own little world. And we mess things up. And the stuff we mess up, God can fix. Ladies and gentlemen, we serve a God that can turn tragedy into triumph. Even a tragedy like the cross. For those of you that like to skip to the end of the movie, in chapter 12 of the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon sums it up. He says, now all has been heard, and here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. You might be able to summarize that as God telling us to let go and let God. Let go of the things that we struggle to control that we are incapable of controlling and allow God to execute his perfect plan and give him glory when he does it. On the front of today's bulletin is a message from the Proverbs, and I pray that we can take it all to heart. Those of you that remember Mike Richards, this was Mike Richards' favorite memory passage. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I could sure use a straight path. Last couple years at Parkway have been kind of like a Michigan interstate, you know what I mean? By the way, anybody here from Michigan? Hey, Rick, just a real quick question. Welcome back, by the way. Real quick question. Do y'all Yankees intentionally pay between the potholes, or is that just coincidence? coincidence. Y'all did not think I was going to do two messages in a row and not pick on a Yankee, right? We've been through some tough times. And I'm certain that the news that we got last week catching us off guard like it did. In this room, we're running all kinds of different emotions. Some folks hurt. Others shocked. Some might be frightened. Others might feel lost. Some could be angry. Others feel a sense of hopelessness. Others empty. All of us were stunned. Except God. He's got this. We're entering into a season where we must come together and heal. So that God may put a new season in front of us where he fulfills his purpose. In this difficult time, we must free ourselves to grieve and to heal. We don't need to be strong. God's got this. A couple of weeks ago, I got to witness one of the most powerful teaching moments in my entire life. 
Thomas Freeze, who had lost his son earlier this year at the age of 17, was having lunch with Blake Wyrock and I two days before Blake lost his wife. And Thomas said to Blake, he says, you know what? It's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be angry at the circumstances. But I pray to our Lord that we will not turn our anger against each other. In this time of difficulty, have grace. Others may be hurting just as badly as you are, but they may process their pain differently. Some folks may feel differently than you do. Doesn't make them wrong. Nor can we be 100% sure that our opinions are definitively correct. Give each other the grace to be themselves and to deal with this in their own way. In this season, let us do what Parkway does best. Listen to each other. Pray for each other. Hug one another. Love on one another. And for God's sake, let's stay together. I also pray that in this time we guard our hearts. We've been through this before. And we've seen the evil one step into a time of confusion and try to use a time like this to divide us. When something like this hits us seemingly out of nowhere and we're hurting, there's these two elements of human nature. Curiosity and the desire to blame it on something that can kick in and they can divide us. And I pray that you will put a hedge around your heart. Speaking the truth in love. Freedom to grieve does not provide license to gossip. We can't change this. It's not what we desired. But God has this. I think in a time like this, questions like why did this happen or how did, could this have happened will only lead us to unnecessary pain. It's like picking a scab off a wound. Forces us to dwell on something painful. And the more curious you become, the more people you're going to ask about it. And the more people you ask about it, the more opinions, perspectives, innuendos, thoughts, and guesses. And if you ask me, you'll get some wild conspiracy beliefs about the UFO people and stuff, right? And some of these may contain an inkling of the truth. And others might be pure fiction. 
in seeking to understand things that we cannot comprehend. We only harm ourselves, delay hurting our own healing, and risk hurting others. And at the end of the day, if we were to find out the 100% God's honest, absolute, undeniable truth, it wouldn't change anything. So the question for Parkway is what's next? We're entering into a new season, and God has this. Now, I do not know what the future holds for Parkway. But I do know who holds Parkway's future. And in the words of Blake Wyrock, I like the odds. First thing we got to do, people, we got to stay together. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about an early church that had just lost a leader. And that small group of people stayed together, they prayed together, and God did something in a very, very major way through them. He founded the church that we worship in today, over nearly 2,000 years ago. We also got to get back to our basics. Trust and fear God, love one another, and make disciples. We do the things that we can do, the ones that we're commanded to do, and God will handle the rest. Now, I know that I'm not normal, as y'all are acutely aware, okay? In this world, there's two kinds of folks. There are people that believe that every silver lining has a cloud attached, right? And then there's optimists like me. You know, I believe that Parkway is in pretty good shape for the shape we're in. We still got each other. Matter of fact, I think the best is yet to come for Parkway. You see, this is God's church at Parkway. Our Bible is full of stories of trials and tribulation, of testing and wilderness, of refining and pruning. And every single one of those situations, God takes and makes an outcome that is far better than the input. Perhaps, just perhaps, that's what we're going through. Our circumstances may have changed, but our God is constant. And in that, I I, I have great hope. God uses trials to help us end our reliance in ourselves. God chooses to show his strength and his power when we confess our weakness and our helplessness. When we stop trying to control the things we can't control. When we let go, that's when God acts. My prayer for Parkway, for myself, and for each of you in this time is that we let go and let God. Now, what's next? Three things I want to do, and I'll bring the message to a close. I think we got good news today. I think we got better news today, and I think we got the best news of all. The good news is this, and somebody please hold Tom Harrell upright because his head may explode when I say this, okay? In times of trouble... It gives me great comfort to be a Presbyterian. 
Just waiting to see if he dies. See, the Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian form of government for over 400 years has provided a biblical orderly system of processes and controls that are very, very helpful in assisting churches in tumultuous times. The Presbyterian of the Southeast has already sent in their A-team to meet with our session and help us put together an orderly path forward in what could be a difficult time for us. They're going to continue to support us all along the way with prayer, provision, and wisdom. Lord knows I could use a little wisdom. Quick outline of what you can expect. Next week we've got a congregational meeting. Presbytery has begun a search to provide an interim pastor. Given a season, that may take a while. To stand in the gap, God has equipped this church with a number of ordained elders that have been specially gifted with teaching and proclamation. Presbytery will initiate a process to take our session through a lessons learned course and help us deal with what we've been through and on a path to healing and restoration. A pastor nominating committee will be selected, approved by the congregation, and eventually begin to work to select our next shepherd. In the meantime, it's up to us. Execute our basics. Love God. Love one another. Make disciples. We can do this. God commanded it. He wouldn't command us to do something we were incapable of doing. At the local church level, we're in charge of our affairs. Unlike some denominations where the pastor operates as kind of a CEO, decision-making in the Presbyterian church is done by what they call a plurality of elders. The pastor operates as the moderator of our elder board. He can have an opinion, but he cannot vote. Presbytery will be providing us with a moderator to meet over the session. But our elders, selected by God and elected by you, will be in charge of governing this church. For those of you that could use a little brush up on the old Presbyterian book of government, the session is comprised of elders. These are servant leaders of the church that have been called by God, elected by the congregation. They are supposed to be people of a special level of spiritual maturity and discernment with a high level of biblical literacy. Their ordination vows require them to oversee the spiritual health of the church as well as the peace and the unity. And in governance, they're to set aside their personal agendas and opinions and to work together to seek the wisdom, the will, and the way of God in decision-making for our church. I like that. Now to better news. Ladies and gentlemen, Parkway. There's something special here. This is God's church at Parkway. It's bigger than you. It's certainly bigger than me. Parkway isn't this place. It's not this building. 
God has summoned together a group of misfits, mutts, and mongrels and told us to do life together. Just look around, people, okay? (laughs) Right? Just look around. Collectively, we are God's church at Parkway. Pastors have come and pastors have gone. And pastors will come and pastors will go. But we have been placed here by God in a time, in a season, for a reason. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And for some reason beyond our understanding, he's chosen for each of us to be a part of that in this time and in this place. When Deb and I first joined this church and met the Dominiques and the Kickers, there was about, Charles, what, 35, 40 of us meeting in a middle school cafeteria. And we began to grow, and we got so big that the middle school cafeteria with the peas on the floor in worship, you think this place could use a little scrub up when you're worshiping with peas on the floor? (laughs) We moved to a white building that should have been condemned. And God continued to grow this church, and in 2000 we moved to this facility, and God continued to grow this church. And I cannot believe in my heart of hearts and based on the authority of Scripture that God has done with us yet. Those of you that have heard my testimony know that I came to faith very late in my life. Parkway is essentially the only church home I've ever had. Y'all have helped me raise my children. And y'all were here when I said my final respects to my parents. I love this church. I love each and every one of you. And I've got a confession to make. Over the last couple of years, I've struggled with whether or not to stay. And every time I thought about leaving this church, three things happened. Number one is I got no sense that God had released me to go anywhere else. I believe he has a purpose and a plan for everybody that's in this room today. And he has not released us. Number two, I couldn't leave y'all. Nobody else would put up with me. (laughs) I love each and every one of you here. I consider you my family. I am more joyful and alive when I am with you than I am anywhere else. It drives Debbie crazy. (laughs) It must be wonderful to live with Joe. Well, you don't know him at home. Last reason I stayed put is, I mean, people, honestly, 
from a practical reality, is there any church in its right mind that's going to take me? Right? i got no place to go. God is not done here yet. We're in a tough spot. I got it. In tough times, families come together and unite. There is something special about the family that God has knitted together here at Parkway. There's a bond that surpasses understanding, distance, and time. And I got a chance earlier this week to be reminded of that once again. The Apostle Paul tells us that as Christians, we are to rejoice in our sufferings. Beg pardon? Rejoice in our sufferings. You see, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character, hope. On Monday at the service to celebrate the life of Amanda Wyrock, we saw an exhibition of that hope in action. Those of us who attended full of grief were lifted up by the witness of Blake and Jacob and Joshua. Blake and the boys literally turned our weeping into laughter and our mourning into dancing. You had to be there to understand it. There was a real God thing going on there. And after that service, there was a spontaneous Parkway reunion that lasted almost an hour. And many of those people that were there that day are here with us today, and I hope that you'll take a special minute and love on them. It's so good to have you all home. You see, there's something special here. You may be able to leave Parkway, but Parkway never leaves you. It's home. Last thing, best news of all, God has this. He's in control. Paul encouraged the church in Philippi, be confident of this, that he who began a good work within you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God has begun a wonderful thing here, and he is not through yet. And Jesus has not returned. And so there's something ahead of us, people, if we just trust and obey. As I see it right now, this people, summoned together by our God, there's six things that we need to be doing. Number one is stay together. Number two is let go of the things that we cannot control. Let go of the things that would divide us. Focus on the things that will unite us. Number three is to let God do what he does when we can't. And then let's get back to what God commanded us to do. Make disciples and love one another. I believe that this season of healing will give way to a new season. And I believe that our God who has promised us great things will turn our weeping into laughter and our mourning into dancing. I've seen him do it.
and he's not done yet. Come home. Come home to Parkway. I like the ring of that. And perhaps at this particular moment in time, God is creating an opportunity for those that have Parkway in their DNA and those that he has foredestined to become part of Parkway, to come home. Some perhaps for just a day, some for a season. Come home. Stay home. Home is where your family is. There is one day not too far away when we should try to get as many Parkway people as we can. On the 20th of May, 2018, this church will celebrate its 20th birthday. We were chartered on Pentecost of 1998. Pentecost of 2018 is May 20th. And I think we should have a come home to Parkway Day. I think we should intentionally invite everybody that's ever been a member of this church, if they're able, if they're willing, to come home. And let us share just a little bit of that love that we experienced at the Celebration of Life for Amanda Wyrock. May 20th, 2018. Come home, Parkway. By the way, I've already booked a Brazilian cookout. Let's go to the Father in prayer. Oh God, our Father. Oh God, as I've prayed through this week, the words of an old, old hymn have played over and over in my mind.